You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 279 with Krista Lockwood. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Krista on the show today. We are going to be talking about clutter. And I know as moms, that is one thing that we are always tackling. If we like it or not, from papers to toys to extra clothes to current clothes to just random stuff. You know, with the pandemic, it's like we've all been home, right? And then people are working from home and more people are constantly in the house and you're just trying to pick up and clean up and everything just keeps coming in, but is it going out? And so I wanted to have Krista come on the show today to talk to us about some tips in regards to our clutter. And she has this awesome story about her relocating from Alaska to Florida and how much she brought with her, with her husband and her family. I think you guys are going to be really inspired by this. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, you guys. So before we jump in, I just want to remind you, if you are trying to lose weight and you feel like you have been really struggling and don't know what to do, I want you just to think about this. Do you feel stuck and you feel like you don't want to count calories or count the macros and you just kind of want to leave dieting behind? Like, do you just feel like you can never figure out this weight loss journey and you just spend so much time and energy thinking about losing weight, what to eat, and will you even be able to keep the weight off once you get it off. So this is where I've been helping my clients um, and just helping them figure out what they need to do, how to tune into your body's hunger cues and your fullness without feeling deprived. It's a lot of mindset work and a lot of thought work. And if you guys don't know my story, I lost over 50 pounds in 2019. And this is a lot of stuff that I've been doing. And this is what I've been teaching my clients. And that's why I got certified is really to help moms, especially in weight loss. So if you feel like you're struggling, you feel like you're so tired of being tired. I want you to reach out to me. You can set up a free 30-minute coaching session. All you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. If you cannot find a time that works for you guys, email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com and then we can figure something out. All this information will be in the show notes. So if you're driving or working out or whatever and you can't remember this, just go to the show notes and you will see all the information that you need. I can't wait to meet you. So make sure to sign up today. All right, let's go to the show. Krista, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm super excited to have you today too, because I just feel like clutter is such a thing that, you know, we're dealing with, especially with the combination of people being home more these days, if it's a spouse and kids here or there, or people are doing more homeschooling. And I just feel like our house has changed in the past few years than what it used to be. And, um, I just feel like it's a challenge. I feel like moms are feeling like they have to clean up more. They're trying to, you know, um, deal with more people at home. And before I think it might've been like, okay, everyone's leaving the house and I can pick up my, the pick up the stuff. And they felt like they had a little bit more control where now, I don't know. They're either just like, <laughs> I give up <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or they become really yeah. militant and then yell at everyone. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. There is an in-between. Yes. Yes. So that's why I wanted to come on so that we can talk about the in-between. But I do like to start off the show with icebreakers. And the uh, question that I like asking moms lately is what is one thing that you wish you could tell your younger self? And that can be on anything. I would go back and say to just fully be yourself because if you don't, Mm -hmm. you're going to end up having to do a whole lot of back work to undo the way that you've showed up and yeah. shown yourself to people. 
Mm. And it's going to be confusing because you're going to be like, wait, who am I? And they're going to be like, wait, who are you? (laughs) So just, it's totally okay. Like if you're accepted by some people, great. If you're not also okay, it works out. Yeah. I like that. And I do think that's an easy, that's an easy thing to overlook, especially the younger you are like, cause you're just like, well, where do I fit in and all that stuff. And, um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a great one because it's so easy to just kind of want to be who people want you to be or what you think people want you to be. And then, but it's like, we all need to show up the way that we were created to be because no one else is going to do that. There's only one of us. So, um, I love that. Um, okay, let's get started. Tell us your name, where you live and how many kids you have. All right. So my name is Krista Lockwood. I currently live in the Midwest and I have five kids. So many, many children. Yeah. So what, okay. So what are the age range? Where, where the youngest to the oldest? They are, the youngest is two and the oldest is 16. So we've got a big range. Yeah. We basically had them two sets of kids, the older ones, and then these last two. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is, I think, really great too, because you really understand, um, you know, trying to keep a house organized. I mean, five kids and then just having seven people in the house, it's a lot of people to kind of manage all their stuff. So I think this is awesome to hear what you have to say to kind of keep your house under control and the way that, you know, you feel like you can actually thrive instead of just I don't know, hiding in your closet. You know, it messes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. I really do want you to talk about this. A person who really likes to organize and kind of deal with clutter, but like, what is also the reality? And then, you know, because I think people get overwhelmed. It's kind of like when I help women and in and, and my coaching clients with uh, losing weight, especially if they have a lot of weight to lose, it can feel just so overwhelming me because you're not going to lose all this weight up front. And so you have to just keep plugging along. And so- I'm going to be curious as we talk, like how you do that and like how you encourage moms to do that. Because I think what happens is everybody gets all this motivation up front and then they may be able to get it to where they want. And then they just don't know how to maintain it. Or I don't know, they, they live with other people. So other people may not complete, they may not be completely on board as the mom. And so these are the questions that I think will be great to kind of, uh, walk through, but how about you first share with us though, how you got to where you are today and, and how you ended up you know, loving to talk about clutter. Yeah. So I'll give a, a quick version. Yeah. In, I was born and raised in Alaska, married my husband, and we started our family there. And then in 2013, after living our entire lives in Alaska, we decided to move from Alaska to Florida mm-hmm. in about a month. And we were young parents. We didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of time because we had only a month. And we moved with only one suitcase each. And at that time we had three kids. So it was like suitcase of toys, a suitcase of clothes, and then whatever else we could fit into the suitcases and just started completely over Mm. not knowing. Yeah. At that time, like I didn't even know, like, I don't think in my entire life I had ever said the word declutter or like minimalism or simplify. I just knew that we were moving and logistically that's what we had to do. And So we got there in 2013 and rented a furnished house and then slowly reaccumulated our stuff, you know, like bedding, towels, just little things that you like to have because having one suitcase of stuff is not enough. I don't recommend that. Um, But 
we lived that way for about four years, just with less. We never reaccumulated stuff to the degree that we did before we moved. And in 2017, I got pregnant again and joined a due date group on Facebook where we all were pregnant at the same time and got to know each other, became really close. And after we had our babies, did these things called house tours where we would go live together in the Facebook group and show each other our houses. And when it got to be my turn, all of my friends (laughs) were like, wait, hold on a second. Like, how do you have four kids? And like, where's the pile of clothes on your couch? Like, Like, where is it? Yeah. They're like, you have two things in your house. How do you have this? No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, they, they really were like, where's like, where's all your stuff? Like, yeah. They're like, open up your cabinets. Show me your closet. We know it's jammed in there. (laughs) And then I did. And then I showed that. They were like, hold on. Like, did you stage this? Like everybody else was really honest and just showed the messes. (laughs) They probably got upset. They're probably like getting upset (laughs) (laughs) because they think that you're hiding it. (laughs) Yeah. And so after we did like the surface house tour, I went through and I showed them like my kids have toys and we have clothes and we have like my husband and I are very into fitness and we have a home gym. Like we have, we have a lot of stuff. It's just that. And that was when it started to click for me, just being able to see like other people's houses and remembering that that's how our house used to be. I used to just live out of laundry baskets. I used to, you know, have my kids toys spilling out into every corner of the house and a garage full of stuff that we were going to use maybe one day. And, and then I started putting the pieces together of like, everything changed when we left, you know, Alaska and moved to Florida. And we did have, I think we kind of safeguarded ourselves because we were really broke. We didn't necessarily have the money to just go reaccumulate everything mm. right away. Yeah. But it became our new normal of like, I just got to where I could go to Target and I, I didn't feel the need to buy, buy stuff. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or I, I didn't feel the need to go thrift shopping anymore and just get anything that looked mm. cool. I naturally fell into being more mindful about what I actually brought home and if it served us. And then in 2017, you know, getting to know them and them asking me questions, I really got to dive in and be like, that's what happened. And then refining the process and articulating it to other people and the benefits and the changes that happened for me that I was able to notice in hindsight and just really get to know them and support them, answer their questions let them know it's totally okay to get rid of some stuff because I did it with only suitcases and nothing bad happened. Actually, a lot of really great things happened and that's how it started. (laughs) So let me back it up for a minute. So with your suitcases, this is you moving from Florida to the Midwest. Is that right? Or from Alaska Alaska to Florida? Florida. Yeah. Okay. Alaska to Florida. Is it because you just didn't want to pay for things moving from Alaska to Florida or legit, you did not have a ton of stuff? No, we had a ton of, we had oh. a ton of stuff. Oh, okay. So in Alaska, <laughs> in Alaska, you did have a lot of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We had and, a lot of stuff in Alaska. Okay. So then what made you go, we're going in one suitcase? My husband. It oh. was. <laughs> <laughs> You're like so, my husband. <laughs> yeah. It was his idea. He's like, let's just do one suitcase or I mean, or was he just like, let's not bring everything and it ended up being a suitcase. I mean, because that's like such a big, that's a a drastic, right? Like measure. So I I want people to understand like, wait, how do they actually decide to do a suitcase each or or four suitcases or whatever? Like, what did that look like? Yeah. 
I know I can tell you're being very nice. You can say that's crazy because it was crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, I think the thing is, is that I think people may want to try that or, and they, Mm -hmm. and it feels like, no, there's no way we could do this. And I would not be a good podcast host if I'm not asking those questions because people will be like, why isn't she asking how they (laughs) only had four suitcases? Because that would be me listening to some show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I would love to hear this. Okay. Yes. The behind the scenes, the real deal. So what happened was my husband was an entrepreneur and he is, he had this idea of like, you know, Alaska's tiny. He could only take his business so far. And so he was kind of, he said it one day, I thought he was joking. He said, what if we moved to a big city and I just, you know, was able to dominate business and grow business Mm -hmm. somewhere bigger than Alaska. And I kind of blew it off and was like, yeah, nobody ever does that. But then the Mm -hmm. next week he had an interview in Florida and he accepted it on the spot. And they originally told him, you have six weeks to be down here, but then they changed their mind and he had like 10 days. Wow. And so he, Yeah. He came back to Alaska and we were like trying to coordinate logistics. Like how much does a moving truck cost? How much does it cost to put stuff on a pallet? Mm -hmm. How much does it cost to leave things behind and store it until we can, you know, ship it to us because Alaska to Florida is basically the furthest point continent. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, it was like $15,000 to bring this stuff with us. And we did the math. It was, it was more affordable to just purchase. Start over. Uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So, that makes sense. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. That was why we did it. And I, I left behind a few boxes of like, like high school photos and stuff, you know, those kinds of things sure. that we eventually brought back down to us, but it was like three boxes maybe mm, Yeah. of those kinds of things. And then we chose to only bring the suitcases because we flew from Alaska to Florida and that's what mm. we could bring on the plane. Yeah. It makes was, sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm honestly surprised that the company did not pay for your uh, moving cost. Well, they paid us a little bit, okay. but the money that we had to use was like to get into a new house. It oh, wasn't. Okay. <laughs> it was like, do we want to have money yeah. to. Oh, I totally would Yes. No. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they did give us some money, but, but even, not a ton. I mean, yeah. moving is like, yeah, moving is, 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 is expensive, especially. Oh, yes. Yeah. I they average to... their moving costs. Oh, <laughs> Alaska to Florida is like extreme. Insane. Yeah. I used yeah. to, in my um, previous life, I, I was in HR and I would move, uh, it, we were the headquarters for um, hospitals and like I was in charge of coordinating the, all the CEOs of hospitals moving to other hospitals. So, you know, they're usually mm-hmm. in big homes. And I mean, the bills, I mean, it's just, it's because it goes by weight of like the stuff of your house. And then the more expensive stuff you have too, you have to ensure that. And the price, I mean, it is ridiculous. So I I can, I can see why you're kind of like, this doesn't make sense. Um, and, 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 and also you're like, okay, let's just bring this on the airplane and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So yeah. I like I like where this is going. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure if I could do that, but it sounds great in theory. Like to be like, yes, let's <laughs> yes. just start over. Okay. And not only are you moving from Alaska, which is freezing, to yeah, like one of the our hottest states. So th- I find that yeah. very interesting too. So um you're not even gonna have the same clothing and gear. Like you don't even need the same stuff, right? Like it's very different. Mm-hmm. So um, okay, so then you are in Florida and um do you start to accumulate there or this is where your friends are seeing you um, on your Facebook live that you have kept your house pretty minimal? 
Yeah. So actually, so we moved to Florida in 2013 and I mean, I, in hindsight, we were really broke, right? Like I said, so, you know, we did accumulate some stuff, Mm -hmm. but, and I didn't know what I was doing, (laughs) but (laughs) I don't, it was like all of a sudden I went overnight from like being really overwhelmed. I think this Mm. is an important part of the story. So like being overwhelmed daily in Alaska of like going Mm. to work during the day, having to go to work, joking with my friends at work that like being at work was the easy part. Going at home was hard because (laughs) yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like I'm like, I'm tired. I go home. There's like laundry dishes, like toy misses everywhere, kid Mm -hmm. responsibilities, groceries, like it just never ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And we got to Florida. And I didn't feel like that anymore. And mm, I assumed wow. originally, yeah, that it was because, you know, going from cold, dark, yeah, Alaska. Sunshine. To That's what I would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I do think that was part of it. Sure. Yeah. But I know for sure the next part was that I would go to work and I actually had to get two jobs to make ends meet there because I was self-employed in Alaska and that part doesn't matter. But I was working more in Florida. I didn't have the support of my family mm. and my friends who I'd grown up with my entire life. Like on yeah. paper, I should have been way more Not burnt happy. out. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't because wow. I could come home at the end of the day and my house was there to support me. Like my house was there for me to reconnect with my kids. It was there for me to rest. It was there for me to basically have a space where I could do, I could eat, you know, and have our basic needs met. And then we could go play. We could go to the beach and come home. And I wasn't drowning in these never ending to-do lists that were inside of my house. It was like, it was completely different. And I really didn't understand that. Like I said, until hindsight and I started looking back and my friends were like, you don't do dishes all the time. Like your kids clean up their own messes. And that was really the turning point. Cause I had tried, I had tried so hard in Alaska to make that my reality. Mm. But it was like, no matter how much laundry I did, no matter how much I tried to catch up, no matter what kind of chore charts I created, what kind of cleaning systems, what kind of routines I implemented, it was never enough. And and the other part too was like, no matter how much my husband did to help me or how much my kids helped out, it was also never enough. Mm. But it was because the workload inside of my house was so large yeah. that we just couldn't do it. And then we had the extreme opposite in Florida where all of that was taken away. And it was just a nice break. Like I said, we were busy with working. We were busy getting reestablished. We were really broke. So we didn't accumulate a lot of stuff. Um, And then actually we moved from Florida to Idaho with in an RV. So we did it again because we're like, we already did this once. We can do it again. Mm. Idaho to California. So between like 2017 and now we've also been moving around, which is another reason we haven't accumulated a lot more stuff. Yeah. Um, But I've also had the chance to teach other moms this process and value of it. So now I'm like more intent, like in my mind, I'm like, (laughs) those are the things that I accidentally started doing and I would like to do more of and teach other people. So yeah. Well, and, and that's why I want you to talk about that stuff because here's the thing, you know, we know, um, minimalist and, um, Marie Kondo, um, all of that kind of stuff. Right. And it's like, but what about like everyone else? <laughs> like if you're just kind of like, yeah. I don't want to go through every piece of clothing and ask if it sparks joy. And, you know, I don't want to get mm-hmm. rid of everything. Um, I'm not moving. So how do you practice like living with 
you know, four suitcases of stuff when you've been in a house for 15, 20 years and you're just like, oh my gosh. And you also are with other personalities, right? And maybe your husband doesn't want to like offload all this stuff or, you know, kind of like what you, this stood out to me when you're talking about the garage, like having these mm-hmm. random things and it, and it's like, you may need it at some point and yeah, and maybe you will, maybe you will actually need it at some point, but you're like, I don't know. And, uh, and so you don't want to let it go. So then it fills up the garage and nobody can ever park in there because it's now just a storage unit. And so, um, <laughs> I wanted you to talk about like, um, how do we declutter without just going full on as like minimalist, you know, like how do you help moms just kind of get that ball rolling and, and and they don't want to just get rid of everything. Yeah. So I've, there's two different ways that you can start and I'll start with the simplest and then I'll give, um, a, another example of like what happened after we moved from to Florida, but the simplest place to start is with something pretty benign in your life, right? I think a lot of times we want to jump in and like declutter our sentimental items or jump right into the garage, which is a pretty overwhelming task as moms we really need tiny little projects that we can do start to finish and give ourselves a quick win. It will make us feel good about it. You know, give us evidence that it does work and it can be done and it's really not that scary. So I always recommend starting with something like under your kitchen sink where it's likely got a whole lot of like trash in it, like Mm. not sentimental stuff, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like duplicate items, uh, cleaners and stuff that you can consolidate and you can clear it out and see that it really, it feels pretty good to like have that space under there. There's a lot of times like moms in, in the motherhood simplified community, they'll do that. And they'll joke, like, I just want to look inside of this cabinet all day long. Like it's so nice. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, you know, like under the sink or a spice cabinet or your sock drawer, just something small that you can do in the cracks of your day is a really great place to start. Or the other thing that you can do is choose a space of your home that you know is really draining on you. Like mm. laundry, for example. Um, that was one of the biggest shifts for me was I was so used to living out of laundry baskets and walking into my closet full of clothes, yet having nothing to wear mm-hmm. <laughs> or <laughs> doing the thing that's so embarrassing. Um, but hopefully other people can relate to is like choosing my kids' cleanest dirty clothes because mm. I just can't remember like which pile is clean and which is dirty because I've got oh, stacks. Because they're all together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I'd like have the clothes that they were growing into and then yeah. they all get mixed up. And it yeah. was just like, I was so used to living like that. Um, I didn't know any other way. And I know that a lot of moms live that way where there's just like so many clothes, you're used to having them all around you. And we don't even realize how little... <laughs> we need in comparison to how much we have. Yeah. Because I mean, I went from that to a suitcase of clothes each for my kids and all of a sudden their clothes actually fitting into the drawers was like, what (laughs) is this? This is amazing. Yeah. And they never ran out of clothes. Like they never had to go naked. They always had enough. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. I do. I, I think that's such a good point. Like which room is draining you the most? And everybody I think can think about that room right now. Like when we say that, and I do think laundry is a big issue and, and that people do kind of function out of baskets, kind of like what you're saying, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, you said something too, and I want to talk about this, especially because you have, um, five kids. And so there is probably 
clothes that you're holding onto for the other children, which I do think that kind of creates like a little bit of like clutter, right? Like, cause you're, and then you're like, wait, I didn't look through those clothes. Oh my gosh, you already have passed this. Like, like those kind of moments you're like, what? I forgot to even look at this, you know? So what is your thoughts with that? Um, especially with you having so many kids, like I would imagine you didn't probably get rid of all those clothes, right? Did you hold on to them? Some of them? Um, no, you got I rid of not. them. You did. So every child, you just got rid of all their clothes. Is that what you're saying? Other than, yeah, other than the clothes that they fit into for that size. And okay. then obviously moving to Florida for that type of weather. Yes. I kept those. I didn't bring the extras because uh, the suitcase limit got Well, filled right. For that. Quickly. So once you started moving though, like now do you have clothes for, you have your two-year-old. Do you have <laughs> any clothes from the other children? for them to grow into or no? Yeah. So for my youngest two, I have my youngest two are two girls. Okay. Um, they are just, they're like 18, 19 months apart or something. Okay. Um, and so it makes sense for me to keep some of their clothes, yeah. like for okay. my two-year-olds. But what happened for me personally mm-hmm. is that I started buying clothes in a smaller amount mm. because we had a tight budget. And so yeah. instead of like just buying clothes and be like, they're on sale, I can save them for the future. Yeah. I only bought what they needed. Yeah. And I would give myself a really strict budget, like $125. And I would get them a full outfit of like 10 outfits for that size and that season. And for the most part, they would wear those clothes out to the point where it wasn't worth saving oh, it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But for my toddlers right now, because they're close enough in age, um, and they're starting to grow a little bit slower. Mm. I'll save some of my four-year-old's clothes for my two-year-old's. Okay. And they share a closet. So basically, I'll just move the four-year-old's oh, I over see. Okay. into mm-hmm. hers. Yep. Yeah. And then it's all in the closet. Because for me, if it's like out of sight, out of mind, I'll forget You'll it. You'll forget. Yeah. I have a little yeah, I have a little bin where I can keep those clothes for her. And then when it's time to get her her next size up clothes, I, I just do a quick inventory of that of like, she's got this many dresses or this many shorts. Yeah. So I only need to go get five more or whatever. Um, but then my older kids, they're, they're 10, 12 and 16. Yeah. And they go boy, girl, boy. Oh, so, so yeah, it's off. Okay. Yeah, just, so, yeah. right. So the people who don't have, sh- they're not sharing closets. And what would you have mm-hmm. done if you weren't sharing closets? Like where would you be storing them? I would be probably, I would do as much as possible to keep it under their bed. Mm. <laughs> um, just so that it's as close as possible just for me personally, it, like I said, out of sight, out of mind for me is a really big deal. Or I would create some kind of digital inventory. And actually, I, I have a mom in my community. She has mm-hmm. nine children. And I did help her set up an inventory system. Oh, wow. So that, yeah, because she's like, I have nine kids. Like, what you're yeah. doing isn't going to work for me. And yeah. so I, yep. I, yeah, I mapped out the system with her um, so that she can keep a quick digital inventory and she has bins with a quick, um, like visual, uh, what, do, what do you call that thing where you write the, <laughs> like a dry erase type thing, oh, yeah. uh-huh. basically a tab, okay. whatever those, yeah, yeah, labels, tabs, whatever. Um, so that she can keep that on the top of the bin and know exactly what's okay. in it yeah, and the size and what she found and that she didn't believe me that would happen is that you really don't need like a giant Rubbermaid bin. You need pretty small bins yes, right. for each size and season. Mm-hmm. And then you still have full wardrobes, right? Like a workable wardrobe of 
pants and shirts and everything you need to be protected in the elements and to be prepared for growing kids and all of that. So yeah, that makes sense. And she keeps it in her attic because she has oh, an attic. And, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I just think the reason that I think that if you have it in a space where you can't access all of the time easily, like a closet or under the bed, having a digital inventory is really helpful because it's basically in your hand and you can do a quick glance instead of like going to the store and being like, they need clothes. Mm. I don't remember what they need. Yeah. And yep. I didn't have time to check. You can just check your phone and avoid yeah. that overconsumption in the first place. Yeah, that makes sense. I wanted to ask you, and and then we'll move on, is um, so once you kind of go through that one room that's really draining you, or after you do that one area that seems really easy, then do you just keep doing the next thing that you think is easy or the next room that is draining you? Like, what is your method? Yes. So I... I have um, actually a full program <laughs> and and like challenges that I do where it's basically like a momentum. Like if you give mm. a mom or if you give a master cookie, if you give a mom a decluttering project, she like yeah. goes on a series of events. So oftentimes, like if you start with under the sink in your kitchen, you're going to do that. You're going to feel really great about it. And you're going to open up the next cabinet and you're going to do maybe your coffee mugs or your Tupperware, or you're going to step over to the pantry. And it just kind of trickles in that way. You can do that and ride that natural momentum. And I think it's important to note with that, like following that natural momentum, eventually it's going to fizzle out. And that's where it gets really helpful to have, you know, create some kind of a plan for yourself, whether it's getting a plan that somebody else has created, or now you have this freed up mental energy to create your own plan and be like, I did these areas of the kitchen. I still want to get to these and just kind of writing that out. Um, and same thing with like your room, right? If you a room or a space. Like if you start with the laundry, maybe mm -hmm. you do your closet first, mm. then, okay, I'm going to move on to child number one and show them how I did this in mine and then do it with them. Or yeah, you'll kind of, a lot of times there is a natural momentum and a natural flow that will happen for you. Yeah. And then what I see a lot of times is people get stuck and then that's where you get like go find a decluttering group or go find a decluttering podcast yeah. <laughs> or something to help right. get that next step. Yeah. I was going to say too, um, you know, I think when people think about cleaning, they think about it, like maybe they'll take like a school break and they're like, let's knock this out. Or I don't know, like they just are like, let's do this. And I wonder like, how do you go about it? Like, I mean, do you feel like it should just be over a span of time versus trying to just do it all in like a big, like, or maybe not in a big chunk, a small chunk of time and trying to get everything done versus like, you're doing one room a weekend, or I don't even know, like what, like if people are trying to figure out like, where am I even starting with this? You know, because then they're going to eventually peter out. Like, so how do you keep the momentum going where it doesn't feel so overwhelming, especially as the motivation kind of disappears? Yeah. Do you mind if I just share like yeah. my, my system that I teach? Okay. Sure. <laughs> Cause this is how I know how to do it. Um, and I know there's so many ways, but so when I decluttered our house, like I said, we did it in about a month and I had about four weeks to get it done. And so I know that it's possible to declutter an entire house in four weeks, not saying that it should absolutely be done that way. But when I created my program, what I did was mapped out the steps that I took, you know, start to finish and broke it down in that way so that there's a, a clear sequence of events to follow. Now, mm. that's not to say you have to go from this kitchen cabinet to this kitchen cabinet. I've right. broken it down by 
spaces and rooms. And I've troubleshooted it over the last three years with all of these moms that have gone through it. So there's a really good flow that goes through it. It doesn't matter. I really don't think it doesn't matter like if you do it in an exact order. All that matters is that you have some kind of a system to take you from start to finish. And then on top of that, you give yourself a deadline. Now it can be four weeks or it can be four months or it can be an entire year. I've had a lot of moms who who do it in four weeks and they can do that. You know, maybe they're they've already been in the process for a while. Um, and then I have I think six months is probably the average mm. that I see it takes moms. And that's just honestly like 30 minutes a week, 30 minutes to two hours a week over the course of six months. And that's not saying that they're doing it every single week right. during those six months. But I think sometimes we think the task is so large mm-hmm. that it's going to just, we're going to do it in a week. Right. And, <laughs> and then get that's really not burnt happen. out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's not going to happen. And, or, you know, and then they do the other thing where they're like, I did it for three weeks in a row and then mm. I took two months off and oh. I feel really bad about it. Yeah. And that's why it's really important to have that start to finish, mm-hmm. basically a roadmap so yeah. that you can pick up where you left off. Yeah. And keep going. I love that. Well, and I like that you mentioned that, um, like people can do it in four weeks, people can do it in six, six is the average and, um, or, you know, do it in a year, like kind of whatever, um, works for you. So I want to, um, I want to jump to what decluttering can do, like how it can change your life. Like besides it just cleaning up your house and you not having as much stuff, that's obvious, but like, what do you feel like the benefits are of having, you know, just a less cluttered home? Yeah. So what I see, well, it happened for me and I can kind of share my specific yeah, I love to. examples mm-hmm. of what that was. Yeah, yeah. Love but when I see moms declutter, there's three main areas that typically they start to focus on immediately after decluttering. And that is their relationships, whether it's their relationships with their spouse or their children or themselves or all of the above, mm-hmm. their finances or their overall health, whether it's their physical, mental, and or emotional health. So that's what happened for me. All of a sudden, it was like pre-decluttering, I was always saying things like, I just need to work out more or I just Mm. need to make a budget or I just need to make time to go to therapy or learn how to journal or all of these things, you know, that I was like, I really need to do these things. I just didn't have the time or mental energy and bandwidth to actually do it. Um, And after decluttering... I was in Florida for like two weeks, mm-hmm. no clutter, like settling in. My dad called me and he was like, hey, how are you? And I just broke down <laughs> crying. Oh, wow. I was like, yeah, because I was like, I don't feel connected to my kids. I, mm. I feel like I have a lot of things that I need to process from like childhood, which is a weird thing to tell your dad, right? But yeah. <laughs> also I need to like yeah. work on things with like my husband, because Mm -hmm. I used to be so annoyed with him all the time because he didn't help me with the dishes. Mm -hmm. Now the dishes are done and that feeling is still there. So like, what's going on? Yeah. Uh, And I just, it's a a really unique experience of just like having space to sit with your thoughts and be like, oh my gosh, I I don't know what to do. And so I I got into therapy. That was Mm -hmm. the first thing for me. But After that, I also had more time to do things like meal plan and consistently work out. It was like after we got home from work and kids were in bed, 
and everything in the house was taken care of. I had time to hang out with my husband. We had time to exercise. We had time to meal plan. And that also led to me, you know, feeling more in control of my finances because I'm like, first of all, I'm not like mindlessly spending my money anymore because right. I don't feel this urge to go buy things like I used to. Um, and I see that happening all the time for the moms who declutter, especially if they like, if they follow the the course that I do and they follow the steps in order, it's just like, it's a pattern now. Like I have one mom who's gone and started a personal finance blog for moms. I have another mom who's started a, like a personal fitness blog for moms and a podcast, I think as well. Um, and then just all of these moms who start to improve their marriages and learn how to communicate better and actually have time and bandwidth to practice, you know, the, the way that they want to parent with their kids, like gentle mm. parenting and having more patience. Like they just have bandwidth really. I know I, I keep saying the word bandwidth, but they have the bandwidth <laughs> to actually implement yeah. those yeah. things that yeah. you just didn't have before. You're so yeah. consumed by like the messes in the corner and the dishes and yeah. the laundry and trying to just, you're spending all of your mental energy on trying to manage that instead of all of these other things that are way more valuable to you. Right. And a lot more fun most well, of the that, time. I'm not yeah. going to say therapy is fun. Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, you know, I can relate to that with being a coach and helping my clients because, you know, if they have weight that they're dealing with, it's like, it takes up so much energy when you're constantly thinking about losing weight. What am I eating? You know, it, it consumes a big, portion of your mind. And then you don't even realize that you're not even able to focus on the other things. And then it's like, once you can get that figured out, it's like, it opens up so much time and energy that you can start feeding into other things. You can start doing other things. And sometimes I think too, and I think clutter could could come into this as well. It's like, it kind of, it's like a barrier, right? Like, and you may not even know that you're like keeping like the weight on or you're keeping the extra stuff, but it's a way to kind of distract you. And you, like I said, it could be subconscious that you don't even know you're doing it because you may not want to do the other things, right? The hard work of, you know, mm -hmm. fixing relationships, going to counseling, um, starting to work out. It, that may seem very scary. So you're like, well, if I can constantly just keep thinking about this, then I don't ever have to get to this. But, you know, I think it's good to like get past those things because then you don't want to just look at your life and go, all I thought about was cleaning my house all the time. Or for me and my clients, it's like, you don't want to spend your whole life thinking I need to lose the weight, you know, because you're just, you'll wake up one day and go, what else have I done? And so I love that mm -hmm. you talk about that. And we're almost at the end of the show. I do want you to talk about um, where people can find your program, but I do want to ask you about paper. Because oh. I feel like the paper is can be insane. Like, I don't even know. It's just like all the stuff, right? Like, you're just kind of like, what are we doing with the paper? What are we doing with school pictures that we're not putting all up on the wall? Where do they go? And then, um, you know, all the permission slips that need to sit somewhere, all the receipts, anything mm -hmm. that you can think of. Like, what? where is this going? Because sometimes I think people are okay with like the other clutter, but it's like the paper kind of just takes over and then the whole countertop kind of, it's just, you can't even see the countertop. So I would love for you to yeah. end on that and then share where they can find your program. I also will put that in the show notes and then we'll just um, tie this up. So 
Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So I, I had a big problem with paper when we left Alaska. I was horrified by how many plastic bags full of paper I had shoved in the top of my kitchen cabinets. (laughs) And um, I don't know if anybody can relate to that or also in the closets. So I think the thing with paper is that we have this skew perspective on how valuable and important it is. And we underestimate or overestimate our ability to actually find a paper that's buried in a stack of papers on the counter or in a closet or in a wherever it is that we're shoving it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, If you really need that paper, are you actually going to be able to find it? The answer is likely no. So when we left Alaska to Florida, and this is one thing that I did learn, is I only kept the things that were really, really essential. Mm. You know, things that we need hard copies of and originals of, birth certificates, marriage certificates, you know, things like home contracts or car contracts, insurance, those kinds of things. Everything else is honestly pretty irrelevant. Most billing is done online. And so most billing, you have an online record. I know some people have more complicated situations if they have complex medical needs or are military. I don't have experience with military, Mm. but I have been uninsured. And so I do know the paper trail of having to document everything. Okay. Um, Yeah. But the majority of paper is not essential. And for kids' papers, I'll give the shortest answer. Mm -hmm. Basically, I have a bin that we keep, you know, when they come home with papers from school, it goes in there. Every week I go through and get rid of the things that we don't want to keep. And then I keep it for the year. At the end of the school year, we go through it again and we'll get rid of things again. Because a Mm -hmm. lot of times they're like, I don't even remember making that. Or we're like, what is this? Why do we keep this? And so we get rid of it. And then we have basically a very curated collection of their school stuff. And we still have a memory bin for them. And it's actually become really fun because at the end of every school year, we get to review the prior years and Mm. we get to add to it. And the stuff that's in there is the stuff that they remember and the stuff that was really meaningful to them. And um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I like that. It's like a museum rather than an archive. (laughs) Okay. So walk me through this again. Okay. So you, you put paper each week into a bucket and then you look at that paper in the bucket and decide okay, if it's going to get pitched or it's going to go into the bucket that you're going to then review at the end of the school year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have like a cardboard box. It's actually like, I, I got kind of a big, like an Amazon style box. It's oh, not uh-huh. pretty. There's yeah. nothing really special about you just it. just tuck it in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, we'll go through it again. And like I said, a lot of the, it's so funny because I had never done this before, but it is funny to go through it at the end of the year and everyone's kind of like, why do we keep this? Like, I didn't, I didn't like that. Like, yeah. 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 Or like, I don't even remember doing that. Yeah. I love it. But in the moment, because -hmm. it was fresh in our minds that week. And you think it's the most special thing. Yeah. It's like the most special paper ever. (laughs) So where does it go when you then now are keeping it for real? Like for good? Is it in a Rubbermaid or a file folder? Like, where do you put it? Yes. And I don't have an amazing system for it yet. I'm Mm -hmm. still working on mastering it, but it's just in a plastic Rubbermaid. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that it can't get damaged by water. Yes. Or pests. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. doesn't get damaged. Um, but like I said, every year we go through it sometimes twice a year, usually around Christmas when we pull out Christmas stuff because it's by our Christmas decor. Yeah. We also pull it out and just spread out the pictures. We spread out the crafts. We laugh about their, you know, the, the older kids, they laugh about their handwriting or like yeah. the embarrassing pictures right. <laughs> or even the really sweet ones that they did do, which 
for all of the moms with really young kids, if they're coming home with things from daycare or even like kindergarten, chances are an adult made that and put Mm. your kid's name on it. Oh yeah. Unless it really looks (laughs) like like a kindergartner did it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Chances are, and there was a lot of assistance and it's totally okay to let it go, to let that go. Yeah. 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 I hear you. Um, Um, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think I was going to say that's, I think just we overestimate how valuable it is. And so going through and reviewing it after you've had some time helps solidify your decision. Like, oh, that can go. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Now with receipts, do you just get rid of it? Like you don't Mm -hmm. hold on to them? Yeah. Well, we're um, self-employed. So do you need to hold on to receipts? Yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. Um, When we did in Alaska, we, we had to keep them. We just had like a very unorganized file box to completely honest. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, I now recommend hiring somebody who can help you create that adequate system. Mm. It worked for us back then, but now everything is digital. And so I have digital receipts for pretty much everything. Okay. um, Which I know not a lot of people like, but um, digital, yeah, digital receipts for everything prior to that uh, hiring somebody like a CPA to Mm. tell you. Yeah exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. It's more affordable than people think um, and totally worth it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, so let's say you bought something at Costco and it, it's an office chair and you guys mm-hmm. work at home from home. So that would be a paper receipt though. You wouldn't have that as a digital receipt, right? Right. And that's so, where I think having a file box, um, okay. like, it's like, like ours saying. wasn't like very pretty. It wasn't yeah. pretty at all, okay. but it was able to be compartmentalized by like a okay. month. Okay. All I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that people, I know a lot of people are, you know, they have side businesses or they have like mm-hmm. full on full businesses or whatever. So I'm just trying to think of the random papers that like float around. Um, yeah. but I think that's really good. Um, yeah. And we could just keep talking about this because I feel like, because there is so many components of a home and clutter and whatnot, and I'm already going over them, uh, what I planned <laughs> and, uh, but I just wanted you to kind of just uh, share with us where could people go um, to find your program if they kind of want to dig in and kind of have more of a structure? Yeah. So motherhoodsimplified.com is where you can find all everything. There's really simple tabs up at the top. It'll say like blog, courses, freebie, social media, super easy to find. Okay. Perfect. You mean you Podcast. didn't make your... You didn't make your website um, cluttered. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, it used to be. Oh, okay. It's, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> it definitely used to be before I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but I also have a podcast. And, awesome. Um, what is I would that? Love to talk. Yeah. Uh, Motherhood Simplified. Okay, perfect. And I will put that on the show notes so that everybody can find you. Um, Krista, it was so much fun talking to you. And, you know, this is just a thing that I feel like uh, it's, it's something that we, unless you are really naturally good at it, it's, it's just something that everybody deals with, especially when you have children. And so it was so helpful just to hear all your ideas. And like I said, I'll put all your stuff in the show notes. Thank you. Yeah. It was great having you on today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hey, you guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I wanted to remind you, if you have not grabbed your free copy of How to Get Going with your Weight Loss Again worksheet, make sure to go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash routine to get your free copy today. What it does is it shows you how to easily get back into your routine. You know, sometimes we just get off track by traveling, stress, 
being sick, family obligations, you name it. So this is what I love to use when I'm ready to get back into my routine to go after my goals to either lose the weight or stay in maintenance. All right, you guys, I'll see you next week.